And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. I'm your host, Wes Tankersley. Thank you for tuning in. If you can do me a favor, if you can like, share, and review this. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please share it on your social media. Help us to grow the show. I'm very excited today. I have a returning guest for episode 40. His name is Mark Simo. He's one of the most popular episodes that I've had so far. Mark is one of the founding members of a few brands you may have heard of, Life's a Beach, and No Fear to name a few. Most currently, he is the founder of Trust Me Vodka. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Hey, Wes. Thanks for having me back. Love what you do. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, it was really exciting to get to meet you a couple weeks ago here in Idaho. It was a crazy event, and it's, it's amazing to see how many people are really invested in Trust Me. Yeah, there's great, great folks out there. It was great to you know get to meet you face to face. It was a wonderful experience, and I got to say that the people in Idaho are real friendly. Yeah. So speaking of that, can you tell us kind of we're gonna we're kind of gonna do this a little bit different than the normal format because you're a returning guest, and I want to we want we talked a little bit about kind of picking a few things apart and how you create a brand and things like that. But let's talk about Trust Me first this time, and then we'll move into that other stuff because I really. I think that it'll be some good information for other people to hear about how to create a brand and things like that. So how is Trust right. Me doing right now as a business? You know, amazingly, with the, this year being one of the strangest ones on record, with the, you know, COVID in particular, uh, our business is better than ever. Um, I think categorically, I've been fortunate because uh, uh, people drink more, stores, restaurants got shut down, but we picked up, uh, our, we've more than doubled our business. So the, the, this pandemic's created an, an unusually fertile environment for us to grow. I think the people are receptive to new ideas during this period. I, you know, in retrospect, I do feel sometimes tough situations create some unusual opportunity. Yeah, and as, as one of those kind of early, it's, I, don't, I don't know, I kind of got into the middle of the last, I guess, quarter in the investor portion of that. But you can see how fast the rounds are going now. So it's, it's totally moving a lot faster. I think that that's pretty much an indicator of where things are going. Where is it? Where would you have thought it would bend towards this point? Is this kind of where you thought it would be at? Or is it growing way faster than what you thought? Well, oftentimes you start up with a plan uh, and it doesn't always work out the way you want. Uh, I think you have to start up with some idea or some type of a plan. In this particular case, I drew back on some experience. As you do things several times, you become you know, more maybe proficient at understanding how things work. I always thought this would be exponential in terms of, you know, as time goes by and more people get involved, uh, it builds on itself. And it turned out to be exactly that. Uh, with our growing group, uh, it, it just gets faster every, every, uh, every round. It's a unique opportunity. I've, I've, some interesting things have happened uh, that I've studied. Uh, based on our sort of crowdsourcing strategy, I followed uh, Jack Ma founder of Alibaba and his ant group IPO uh, that didn't get off. It was supposed to be the biggest IPO in the world's history. And uh, the demand for the brand for ant group, which is a financial tech or fintech company, was $3 trillion in all small investors. So I feel fortunate that some of the things that I hoped would happen are happening through that same kind of an idea. We're creating a, a, a following, a committed following. A, you can create an extraordinary environment. And so I, there, there are some examples of far bigger than my scope of vision was when I, when I thought about it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like I was talking about, you know, it's kind of like the rounds are going so fast and then you end up 
having to probably kind of punt on some of the things that you're thinking about. How is the distribution going? Because I'm assuming that you have to move things out a lot faster with that. Have you had to ramp up the distribution with everything going? Have you had to go different avenues that you were thinking about that you didn't think about in the beginning? Well, or? On some levels, I mean, this year you had to be a lot more defensive. Things that you didn't think were, uh, we were very fortunate to not have been interrupted. I mean, so many things could have gone wrong. You know, making the glass on a timely basis just takes a long time. The acceleration being, you know, caught unprepared. Raw materials that could be out there. Even now, there's a little bit of a freight issue, uh, delays and different things. We've been fortunate to have been uh, unaffected. But part of it is I started looking further out. That's a technique that you should develop as a core business skill to look in racing, I, my current racing, is looking through the turn further down the track. You don't have to look at your apexes or your turn. You look through them, and it, you're, you can coordinate that turn. So by looking further out, I anticipate, okay, what if there's a glass shortage or a uh, there's, there's tariff? There was freight issues. But because we look further out, you can give yourself a broader cushion to navigate through these really turbulent and bizarre situations. I'm still not certain that even... I'm looking at every possible problem, but you, there's a, you have to give yourself a risk analysis. That what do I need to do in the event? And that's, you don't always think that way. And, and I think that I had some of that experience, and I was able to uh, look further out and anticipate some of the things that were happening, and including growth. I mean, growth is, catches a lot of entrepreneurs out, starts to accelerate, and then they're not prepared. So being prepared, I guess, you know, success is where opportunity meets preparation. And uh, so I feel like from that standpoint, We've been fortunate, especially this year. Yeah, and in our last interview, we talked a little bit about how you've created multiple brands, and this is just the latest endeavor. When we talked a little bit, you talked about how, and we're going to get into, let's get more into kind of the branding part of this deal, but we talked a little bit more about how one of the things you said to me was your parents were both teachers. And in my mind, when you look at that, like as a former educator, we always are telling kids they need to go to college, they need to do these things, they need to do those things, that things. And we obviously know that that wasn't, your mindset. How did your parents look at that when you decided that you're going to pack your stuff and go move to California and just kind of be a beach bum? And what did they say to you? Yeah, it was absolutely defied everything they would have ever, you know, expected or wanted me to do. You know, I think over time they begin to realize that uh, we're all largely self-taught anyway. And, you know, I kind of saw that in my younger years, you could learn pretty much anything if you had the desire. And we didn't clearly have the tools that we have today. There was, I mean, you can literally learn anything uh, today because you have access to so much information that we didn't have. Um, there's a logic that I always kind of listen to. It's called Wright's Law. I looked it up one time, someone had mentioned it to me. And what that means is no matter what you do, uh, just over time, you'll get better at it. It doesn't even, it just, you just can't help but if, as long as you're willing to be a little bit flexible, uh, continue to be willing to learn, there's nothing you can't get better at. And I, I applied that logic across racing cars where there wasn't schooling. You had to really put your, your butt in a seat and, and feel and experience it. And you can learn it. Flying helicopters. I, I took up flying. And largely, it wasn't the training that taught you. It was a lot of the experience that you have. So I, I was always a big believer that your experience is what drives it. I always say that, you know, I'm not smart, but I'm experienced. And I, it's not to be self-deprecating, but the idea that gains so much from your experience is to create a lot of those experiences. And you have to be willing to, to go out and, and take a few you know, beatings and, uh, and have some confidence in, in what you're doing. And again, I, everybody has their own recipe for to success. To me, it boils down to the most simple one, no matter what it is you want to learn, what it is you want to do. 
the number one ingredient of success is commit. If you commit yourself to it unrelentingly, you can't help but have the odds of success. It's when you start to have doubt about it, and you will, you'll, there's no doubt, you'll fight doubt. That'll be one of your biggest enemies. But if you commit to it unrelentingly, knowing that every morning you get up, you're going to focus on what that is. Uh, so said you, you, re- you really can't fail on a level. You just have to be willing to navigate. You, you can drive it in, you know, into a wall, but uh, largely, uh, as long as you continue to be willing to learn and, and stay committed and, you know, just let the time work for you, you can accomplish pretty much anything you want. And I like that you tied that. But I, I kind of like that there's kind of this transition into the fact that looking ahead now, you talked about with Trust Me and how you, you know, you look ahead and you try and be ahead of the, what's happening, the trends and things like that. Was that something that you didn't, it's obviously something that you didn't look towards in earlier brands because now you've learned over time to do that. Was there a struggle with the early brands where you didn't look far enough ahead and then it kind of, it kind of backfired? Certainly, there was always situations that that come up in, in multiple situations where you were caught flat-footed, you didn't look far enough, you didn't anticipate, and in retrospect, you go, God, I, I could have easily have gotten through that and not had that problem occur, not had that situation occur, if I was just willing to, uh, you know, look further down the road and anticipate certain things. People don't like to think about the negative uh, in, in this, what happens if, what happens if something goes wrong or uh, if supply chain gets interrupted or you, if, if you can't get capital. There are no excuses in my book anymore. You just, if, you know, if you need capital, go get it. If you need experience, go find it. If you need resources, you know, they're out there. And, and just, you know, remaining committed to the, to the cause allows you to, to find it. And there's pretty much you're surrounded by everything you need to succeed. That's just, that's a, in my mind, that's a given. But you have to buy into that principle and, and, and trust that it works when you do. Yeah, and that's a great point because I remember when we talked about Life's a Beach and how you started out there, it was essentially like, Capital wasn't there. What did we do? Well, how did we make more shorts? How did we make more of the product? We sold what we had and we made it happen. So I really like the fact that you talk about like it's there. You just have to find it. Can you talk about kind of one of people, like you said, people don't like failure. They think that it's like the worst thing that happens. Can you talk about maybe a time where you did have one of those failures and what you did to rectify that, how you didn't quit? Because obviously you didn't quit. You're still going. You're still plugging away. Well, I mean, failure is every bit of, uh, is an ingredient of success. You can't you can't have every possible thing uh, go right, and those failures become building blocks. Largely, they say the you know road to success is paved with failures. Now, obviously, in a lot of cases, you have to succeed more than you fail in order to be on the upside of that formula. But you know, failure is a it's a learning tool, and and sometimes you can only learn things in failure. You can't sometimes success doesn't teach you uh, the things you need to know. Failures are probably more developmental. I mean, if you think of a young child falling down, skinning their knees, you know, bumping their head, those small knocks and bumps, you know, teach you, you know, how, how to do it. And if you're protected from there, you, you avoid those things. You avoid the very opportunity to learn and to grow. So I don't encourage, you know, seeking failures, but be willing and, and know that you're going to deal with on multiple levels, some on a large scale, some on a small scale, you're going to deal with, with, with failure. You have to embrace that as just part of what it takes to succeed. And I think that one of the great things about putting yourself out there and taking risk, as we talked about before, is the fact that you have to decide that you're willing to make a mistake and keep going forward. And, and ultimately, you fail when you, when you quit. And that's, that's one of the things that a lot of people are they're afraid to put themselves out there because they're afraid to fail, but they don't use it as a learning moment. And they don't learn it, you know, use it to, to get better or as a stepping stone like you were talking about. Right. And- I think it's, it's just, you know, programming your brain 
to be okay with the challenges. And oftentimes, I mean, in most cases, you know, years of not knowing and doubting that it, it, it would work. You know, always being willing to try new things. That 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 has to be with it. You have to have some flexibility to be able to adjust and, and change with it. Even with a gigantic failure, uh, I mean, you don't really fail until you stop. So, uh, you know, you just you, you can't look at it. Are there inconveniences? Yeah. There's times that I remember, you know, most starts of a business, you, you don't have the resources, the capital, and uh, you, you come up with other solutions. Uh, and, you know, because there's other kinds of capital, you know, there's human capital, there's, uh, there's resourcing at the highest possible level where you figure out how to get things to work with other people's help. Uh, like I said, as long as you're committed, uh, you can find the resources, but you got to be looking, you got to be willing, and sometimes you got to be willing to take a little bit of pain, uh, <laughs> you know, or discomfort, let's say, at least to, to progress. Yeah. And so what do you do? Because we're talking about kind of like, you know, we talked a little bit about like limitless possibilities and how you can create these situations for yourself. As far as like learning every day and building that, how do you, what do you do to kind of expand your mind and, and find those different things that can help you to grow and continue to succeed? Well, again, a lot of the ideas that, that, you, that will serve you um, are already available by uh, modeling, by looking at other people, other um, people's experiences, other people's information, other people's uh, ideas, and, and coming up with your own hybrids of those. You don't have to reinvent everything in order to be an entrepreneur. Uh, there's terrific um, ideas. Like, you know, we would look at uh, Uber as a delivery mechanism. Uh, we would look at crowdsourcing as a financial strategy uh, and, and, you know, marketing methods of, of using, you know, our human uh, connection to, to create a, a community. So there, it, it's always around you uh, and it, you just have to be, you know, uh, increasingly aware, increasingly conscious. You know, I, I did study a few things. I, I'm not, again, I'm not uh, your traditional student. You, you and I had, had chatted a little bit about some of the things you can learn and some of the, the tools you can create. Uh, you mentioned Tony Robbins is maybe kind of an inspiration. I, I, I went to some of Tony Robbins' uh, seminars, and I found them to be uh, fascinating, you know, as a way to just learn how to think, learn how to open your mind to, to new ideas. And uh, there, there's so much of that available, uh, even more today than, than I did. I, I, my sort of situation is I, I think I should even be more open. Uh, then not because I'm sure there's been such advances and things I'm fascinated with neuro linguistic programming. Somebody raised that as an issue uh, with me recently, and and I, I was uh, involved in a, a bit of learning on that where you can program your mind uh, to you know uh, create situations, it, mostly overcoming your own limitations it, 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 in your brain that just hold you back, uh, and uh, and you don't see certain things that are available because you just you're clouded by your own habits and judgments that are sort of pre-programmed in your brain. So deprogramming, forgetting what you learn becomes part of the process, letting go of bad habits. So as you mentioned, you know, my parents weren't a fan of what I was doing. I had to really sort of deprogram myself and say, hey, I don't need to believe those things. I don't need to believe that the only path for me was college. And like, even though it was really drilled into me, but so deprogramming some of those thoughts becomes a building block too, where you're letting go of preconceived notions, being open to new ones. Yeah. And it's crazy because I had a friend one time tell me, he told me this story about creating a pickle. It was interesting how he talked about, it's really easy to make a pickle, but you can't unpickle a pickle. And the funny thing about that whole situation was that I'm sitting here, I'm, I told you, you know, I just turned 40 last week and you looked at me when I said that to you, that I'm, you know, I'm almost 40 and I'm just figuring this out. And you said, you're young. 
And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is that there's so much time. And the hard part is, like you said, deprogramming that or unpickling that pickle because you've spent 39 years or however long you've been doing it being programmed this way that this is the way that it should be. This is the way that it has to be. And then realizing that, no, it doesn't. You can create your own path and you can build that for yourself. Absolutely. That, that's, the, that's the biggest barrier to you know, succeeding at anything uh, is, is just really getting past that, that you, you, uh, you really don't run out of time until you're no longer here. I mean, that, it, it, it's, it's never too late. Uh, amazing stories of the founder of Grey Goose, Sidney Frank, didn't start until he was 80 uh, and, became, and sold it for $2.5 billion. Uh, and uh, I heard, I think it was Diane Sawyer interview uh, Clint Eastwood. And you miss acting and, and directing, and he's like, uh, "What do you mean? I, I'm my best work still ahead of me." And you know that's that's the kind of mindset that I think will will really help you. That you know, it's never too late. It's nothing you really can't achieve. Uh, you commit yourself to it, and yes, it, sometimes it takes longer. Uh, oftentimes, almost always, costs more than you thought. Uh, and the cost isn't just capital; it largely is, but it's also you know the time you have to uh, uh, to give and and the uh, some of the uh, I guess uh, other things you could be doing have to take a back seat. You have to you do have to have a sort of a focus to, to especially to the critical junctures of startups and other things until they start operating. You start to get some of your time back. So uh, absolutely, there's the limitations are all in your head. Yeah, and that I think that's the biggest thing that some kids like you know people this day and age don't really understand that it is it's one of those things. Like I told you, you know, the reason why I asked you that question is because my parents, like I said, the same way. They didn't go. They didn't go to college. The process was: you need to go to college because we didn't go, and you need to be better than that. You need to be better than me. Well, hard work really paid off for them. They worked their butt off. It, they had to work a little bit harder, but they weren't stuck in a situation because they were willing to work harder. Which is what I like: is they taught me that hard work will pay off in the end if you're willing to do it. Well, you know that, that was that was something that I had to, to work through too because I, I was raised with that same mentality. You know, all I have to do is outwork my competition, and I used to think that way. You know, get there an hour earlier than my competition, stay an hour later than my competition, you know, have a shorter lunch than my competition. That was a, a path to success. And, and it does take energy and effort to make things go. But I think the consciousness now is that it, it, it isn't the same anymore. Um, you don't, successes happen much faster. Uh, resources, uh, resources become much more available. If you look, and there's an example, I, I have mentors that I've never met because I, I, I like what they do. I like what Elon Musk does in his thinking. I mean, creating. You know, PayPal and, and Tesla and SpaceX and the Boring Company and to the scale uh, of his thought and, and just, you know, you know, just watching what fascinating people do and say that, that there are, there's available, like, like on your show, there's amazing uh, information that, that gets transferred every day that will really serve you and, and create these opportunities. Uh, if you just find that uh, heart, you know, to, to just follow you your dreams and, and, and your vision and, and go for it. Uh, and that's the, w- once you have that, then it just becomes a, uh, a, a game of, you know, listening. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the golden thing about that is that, like you said, you've said this a couple of times, but there is so many things out there. There's so many people, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to be willing to try it. If you have an idea, get out there, push yourself and kind of take that risk. Don't be afraid of failing. Uh, it, it's just a great concept. If people could just get past that mental block and be willing to work a little bit harder, anything is possible. Right. I mean, the, 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 you know, a lot, a lot of times you measure your success in dollars and cents. I mean, money's just a measure. Uh, 
sometimes it, it's only one measure, but it's certainly a measure. Uh, and really, if I was encouraging anybody at this point in, in my uh, experience in my life, it would be to exercise your imagination. It sounds funny. Uh, it, it, you know, there's such a thing as exercising your imagination. And I would argue that's the biggest uh, thing that will help you is to imagine your future and, and let it manifest it by, you know, committing to seeing clearly what that future is or what you want it to be. And so imagining your success uh, is, is, is vital. And the, the today, things happen so quickly that you, you literally, your life could change in, in a matter of months or years, it, it, short term. It's it not like, you know, you had to work till you were 65 and then get your gold watch and, and uh, take your pension. So it, like I said, it, it is a fascinating world to be in. And if your imagination is working for you, uh, it's a terrific tool. Yeah, your life is exactly how you design it. If you design it to just be complacent and just kind of go with the flow, that's what it's going to be like. You have the choice. Clearly, clearly. Hey, so I want to talk a little bit, you know, about, so I, I've got the title here, Creating a Brand, and you've created multiple brands. And I want to kind of break down how you would go about doing that. Because like you said, there's a wealth of knowledge, but a m bunch of people may not have that information. They may not know how to do that, how to create, how to start, how to, you know, get it going. What are kind of, the, you know, I want to talk about kind of what are the bones. I have this idea. I was down in Arizona for Thanksgiving. I went down there. We did the thing you're not supposed to do. We traveled. And I, you know, I was sitting in this at, by the pool and I was talking to my brother-in-law about this situation that I thought about. And, and it's actually going to come into fruit. You know, it's going to happen. But we're working on the, the start of it. W my thoughts were, because it's kind of like a real estate thing, is that we should get a group together and buy a property in Arizona. We like to go down there kind of like a timeshare between like 10, 15 people and buy, buy that, but not just stop there. We'll start with one property and then we'll continue and buy more and more based off the profits of that one. So when a person stays there, you know, like part of the group can stay there one week a year. And then after that, we're renting it out. How would you sell that? How would you create something like that to sell to an investor in order to get people to invest in that? Um, I had this discussion with my daughter. I have a, a you know, daughter in college. I, I, she wanted to go to college and I let her have that experience. And I tell her that there's other paths, but, uh, she decided she wanted to go. Uh, but I would teach her the exact same thing. And I'd say the same thing to you, everything that you are and everything you do can be branded. Uh, I believe in branding, uh, and how people interpret things. You know, if you see yourself as a brand, uh, just your own self, West is a brand. Uh, people interpret brands and have a, they either believe in it or they don't. They trust it or they don't. Uh, they care about it or they don't based on what you provide. Um, whether it's a product or service, whether it's real estate or, or vodka or sunglasses, it, it, everything is a, a brand on some level. And if you treat it as such, then you put the care and consideration, care and consideration into what makes people want to participate with it. Uh, branding to me isn't labeling. Labeling is just slapping a name on something, or you know, sometimes people monetize things just for the sake of you know generating some some cash or cash flow or, or you know some some money. Uh, branding has to have that it, it, real brand, and so you have to approach it from the very beginning that you're building something that you want people to care about, even though in the beginning they don't know and they don't care about it. So you have to change perceptions of people's minds what it what it is. Whether it's if it's an exclusive property that provides something, there's there's lots of examples of, uh, of, of properties that are well known and and just 
fascinate people because someone put the care in consideration to make it fe- make them feel something. So branding is how you make people feel about what you do, your product or your service. So it's there's branding is so so broad, but it is so uh, has to be so real and so genuine. That's everything you do, no matter what it is again, if it's real estate or or product uh, or any other service for that matter. If you do it well and you treat people right and and you include them into it on on, on some level of it, their their experience that they have, uh, they'll reward you uh, with using. And so, uh, but branding is, has stepped. I, I I have a an odd uh, naming strategy, and I didn't I didn't I sort of stumbled into it. The names that I picked uh, had some preconceived meaning. Even they they like when I the brand no fear or even trust me sounds silly on the face of it. It's it's not what you have. It's what you do with that. Um, so you can take it, it, what's Google. I mean, it's a, it, to me it's a silly name, but it's what they did with it. Uh, there, I mean, there's so many uh, examples, and using those examples to you know to build your, your product or your service. And it, as long as you have that passion and really look for the the connections with people, then your brand. And I, I would advise anybody, no matter what you're, you're going to have a property, make it an amazing property, uh, and and create the experience. You know, from the people. Uh, that deal with it to, to the views that, that it has, to the amenities that you create. There's just, uh, they're all touch points, you know, and you take the rent of it, you think it's just, you know, it's real estate or it's, it's vodka or it's a pair of sunglasses. It, but it's how you made that person feel wearing them or how that person uh, felt when they stayed there. Uh, so I, that's how I would advise if I was ever giving advice and I don't like to give advice per se, I would just share my experience and that, that would be the broad strokes of that. Yeah, and you talked about so you've talked about kind of like living the brand in our last interview about how you do that, and is that kind of what you're getting into, like being the fact that trust me is hey trust me or or no fear is living that lifestyle where you're willing to take risk, you're willing to do those things. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Being able to be part of that. Yeah, to to some extent, you you do have to live it and breathe it if you're really going to brand it, right? You have it has to be something that the care you put in comes through. You know, the, the consideration you put in comes through to the people that you're expecting to get behind you. Um, and it, it absolutely, it, you have to have a passion for what you're doing if you want to convince other people to, to be involved. And that's really what you're doing. You're really just uh, interacting with people no matter what your product or service is. And if you value people at a high level, a lot of, a lot of businesses uh, really serve systems, processes, uh, products, uh, money, and they forget about the most important ingredient to make anything successful is people. And if you if you learn to treat people right, that's, that's been my kind of lifelong experience. I probably would have done things better had I known some of the things I've learned uh, even lately. Uh, that just how people uh, can make you, because they, they really do make you, if you treat them well with your product or your service. Yeah. And so one of the things that I really like, and I think that is what about trust me is that it's so transparent to everyone that you're involving everyone in it. Like you just said, what do you think about sharing kind of like your ideas and things like that? Is that something that you keep in your pocket? I kind of know the answer to this, but is that something you keep in your pocket or do you like to make sure that everyone knows every ground level part of that, that they need to know so that Uh, they can be buy into it? Yeah, I, I will. I, I don't try to hide it. You know, I, I, to a large extent, I want people to know what I know because I, I then you can really include them into it. Um, the idea, the world's changing, in my opinion, and more importantly, uh, to what you're suggesting, uh, engaging a lot of people now is sort of the new is the new world, right? If uh, 
if the Ant Group can create a three trillion dollar retail demand with all small investors. Uh, it's so powerful that the Chinese government didn't allow the IPO to go through. They, they became nearly as powerful as the government. And understanding that uh, is something that I, I'd love to get credit for part of it. Although there are people doing extraordinarily well with the idea, whether it's Uber, uh, Airbnb with their with their IPO. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy now what including people in and using their houses and using their network and all you're doing is connecting. Uh, that's the new business model in my mind is really understanding that the real power is harnessing, you know, all the people that you can and to create a result. It, it's, it's a new economic driver. It eliminates myriad of, uh, of uh, things that could go wrong, limitations you would impose if you had a, a sort of a traditional uh, capital strategy where you just get big checks from a few people or institutions or banks. Uh, you, you really don't include people. So if you look at the new business model, uh, all of them are very inclusive to people. And so I, I don't necessarily want to hide it. I'd like to be recognized to understanding the community uh, strategy and, and ultimately be known for having uh, understood it and embraced it to be part of that new world. Because uh, I just don't think a lot of people are going to survive without it. I, I really is the, the world has changed so quickly. Uh, to be competitive in, in today's world, you, you have to harness a whole bunch of different energy uh, other than money. Do you think that, so with, with like, trust me, you know, you were talking about the world changing and things like that. It kind of fits in the right spot, don't you think, for the way that you distribute it, distribute it the way that we do things with it and how it's word of mouth versus being, you know, just shoved in your face in this big ad campaign or things like that. Is that kind of what your thought process was when the whole thing went, went um, out? Well, a couple of things that, that helped me, I guess, I better understand. The name itself forced me uh, to set a, a standard because you, you can't even say the two words, trust me, without being able to back that up. It, 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 I learned a bit of that with the, the phrase, no fear. If you weren't really out there and taking the risk that you're encouraging people to, to take, whether it's to quit their job and start a business, to uh, be in sports as opposed to take, getting a job or uh, you know even risk your life in terms of the sort of the extreme uh, sports movement that I grew up in uh, to feel more alive. The uh, the ideas, is, I guess, I might be getting off topic here a little bit, but uh, using the, that as a starting point to go, okay, let's make this absolutely inclusive uh, to where we decentralized the ownership and brought the people into the story. And you really, today, if you're using the energy, people don't trust the government, they don't trust the media, they don't trust big business. They trust their friends and their family. And so you're tapping into uh, where the world currently is in terms of where the energy is drawn from and what were their belief system for branding is going to be built is through the people they trust. They're going to trust their friends and family and the information that they share between themselves more than, uh, more than most other outlets. So take us through kind of how it came about, because I know we talked, you talked last time about how kind of Mitchell had this idea of trust me and then, what, where did it go from there? So you guys talk about it. Did you, you know, like brainstorm around a whiteboard? Was it just kind of a table meeting? What, where, did, how does that process start? Like a lot of ideas, they start out as a vapor. It hasn't turned into a, even a water droplet at some point. When I heard Mitchell, I asked him you know, about an idea and he said, hey, I got this idea. Trust me. The first thing it did for me is cause a pause. I went, huh. Okay. I don't know why it caused me to pause, but it made me think for a second. And I felt that all I needed was that second. If I could cause everybody to take a pause, 
just for a second that I could be uh, I could be successful. And so I really just wanted to to you know, cause the pause and then tell a story. The storytelling is a really important thing in terms of communication. Uh, you know, we consider ourselves a communications business, and I'd like to at some point consider us more masters of, of being able to communicate a message and let the universe do the work for us. Uh, but it starts as a vapor, and, and I have to go back and you have to trust the idea, uh, no pun intended, that uh, it's not what you have. I, I, you could have been a thousand other names. It, it's what you do with it. But part of what helped me was telling the story uh, or telling a story that was believable and digestible and memorable so some people to remember. Uh, and, and then last and most importantly, engaging, one that would cause them to want to be part of it. And, and so you just take basic vapor and you start to distill it, again, no pun intended, <laughs> down to a, 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 a usable uh, medium, you know, to, to water, ultimately for me, it's vodka. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, you really, you mow around a lot of different things. Your approach to things, it, I think, is critical. You, you can approach things with a vengeance or, you know, with a, with a habit. And uh, if, for me, it's just, if we started at a table, sat down and talked for a while. You know, time goes by, and we were we were committed. Once I said, "Oh, I guess let's go," and you commit, and things begin to you know start to work. And that's the funny part. Everybody thinks sometimes it's you predetermined outcome. Uh, the only predetermined outcome was we were going to commit to it uh, to success on some level, and our approach was what was going to change. You know, how are we going to approach this? How are we going to you know convince people to be you know part of this story? Uh, and and that's it was very loose. And, and it, I still like to keep it loose. I think you tend to cement things too early. Sometimes, you know, you need to remain fluid uh, for a longer period than you think in terms of your ability to maneuver, to make changes, to pivot, to, uh, to look at things and execute things differently until you find uh, the ones that, and you oftentimes just know it intuitively or by experience. Ah, okay. I didn't know what that, that, that was going to work, but now I, I, I have strong commitment to that because I can see how it's, how it's working. And you've always had this kind of core group that you work with, correct? Is there is there kind of like, do you consider that, like, I don't know if you've heard of a mastermind group. I'm sure you have a mastermind group before. Is that Do you kind of have like these core group of people that you bounce ideas off and you work with in every single endeavor that you have? Has that changed over time and things like that? Um, I, that's probably something I could do better in terms of, you know, you're as good as your, your, your group of friends or who you surround yourself with, right? Uh, that, that's largely true. Uh, I've been a little bit more, um, it's been more of a habit for me, uh, but also over time, I realized that, you know, if you're going to have any experience in life, you kind of want to share it with someone and you share it with the people that you know, or that you are connected to on some level. Uh, you know, you, you have to remain open to new, uh, information, new people, new things coming into your life. Uh, in this particular case, I would, I, I met you and, and, you know, amazing people all around the country. Uh, but I didn't get rid of the, the a core group. Uh, I probably could do a little better job if you talk about creating a uh, uh, sort of a, a brain uh, situation where you're, you're exercising your brain by bringing people around the table. You still get you still get information, you still get ideas, whether you're looking on on YouTube or whether you're sitting down with with somebody that that, that you, you engaged you or you engage in a conversation. Organizing it would probably be something I could do better. And you talked about mentorship and how you've had, you've had mentors, but you never really kind of met them. Do you, do you have some that you kind of look up to and that you will go to for advice and at times when you, when you kind of have, you need someone to bounce ideas off of? Yes. 
oftentimes some of the, the the people aren't available to actually go to and get that you know one-off information. But you know if you if you study some of the things or just uh, better understand some of the ways that other people solve problems, you could begin to take it. Certainly, I've met some amazing people. I've been very fortunate to have met uh, you know Phil Knight at Nike and and Roger Penske and the founder of Oakley, uh, Jim Gennard, uh, Don Pano. So I met a few billionaires. I sought billionaires out. Uh, to just, I wanted to meet them, shake their hand, and understand what makes them different than me. Why is a person who runs a billion-dollar enterprise different than a person who runs a, a, a sub-million-dollar enterprise? What makes them different? What's funny is these people are more accessible uh, than the middle management. The middle management uh, seems to be kind of uh, the, the impediments, I think, because the, these, these people that are more than willing to talk with you and share ideas. Uh, and you, if you intersect with them on any level, uh, it's wonderful. Like I said, I, I've never met Elon Musk. I'd like to. Uh, I think he's a fascinating human being, and his, his visions are amazing. But I'm inspired by that guy every day. And, you know, you can ask yourself the question, what would he do in a situation like this? How would he view? And, and use that as, a, uh, as an idea. And I think that you create those intersections, too, by thinking and, and uh, building your, uh, your business and your thought process a certain way. Evidently, you're driving yourself to an intersection to meet that person. And so you oftentimes don't have to look for it. It oftentimes just, they say, it just appeared, you know, out of thin air. No, a whole bunch of thought went into it and steps were taken that caused that intersection. And, and again, that's a simple philosophy. Believe in it. Uh, success will also find you. You just have to, you know, know that it's out there uh, and, and think about it enough and make it every step you take leads you closer. And talking about kind of, you kind of alluded to like some connection there and, and being able to meet with like Phil Knight and meet with, you know, wanting to meet Elon Musk. How do you create those situations? Because I think connection is one of those things where I met Sonny. She connected me with you. I'm able to get to you at a different level than other people are because I made this relationship that got to where it is now. How, how has that helped you along the way? Just building relationships with people and having them there to help you build what you're building? Well, I, I, a lot of it, I, you, you, you stumble into, I hate to say it, I, I wish it was a, 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 a you know, a, like a strategy to get in front of really capable people. Oftentimes, like I said, you, you, you're standing in front of them, you don't even know it. And uh, uh, so you certainly, in today's world, pick up a phone. I, a lot of people don't do that. They just don't think that someone's accessible when it, all you really need to do is ask. Uh, oftentimes, people are much more helpful if you just take the position that I, I just want to learn, I want to, I want to know more. Uh, and sometimes these people become available. Oftentimes, I think, you know, again, with your thought processes and the decisions that you make leads you on a course that causes that intersection. I tend to believe in that a little bit more. Uh, and if, as long as I always want to meet certain people, it seems that an opportunity tends to present itself based on the steps that I've taken. And when the timing's right, uh, again, you're, you're, the opportunity appears. Yeah, it's amazing that, you know, those kind of things just happen. They kind of fall into place when you're not trying to make them happen. I think that a lot of it has to do with just kind of the person you are and the type of personality that you bring. And if you're pushing towards those goals to make them happen, things will happen the way that they're supposed to. It may take kind of a crooked path to get there, but you'll end up where you need to if you're willing to work for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The oddest thing is sometimes you have to go left to go right, you know, and, you know, the world at, at, at different stages of your business. Uh, don't make some sense. You know, you have to sometimes uh, you have to do things that are counterintuitive. Um, but like, uh, simply, I think if you're if you're on a path, you know, generally as you narrow down the scope of your uh, your interests 
and you stay committed to if you want to learn how to race, go to the racetrack. Uh, if you want to learn how to fly, go to the airport. And, and as you begin to do that, you know, that's where you're going to find the people that are there to help. So if you're going to get in the, the businesses that you want to get into, uh, it, it, you've already cut, you're already funneling. I use it as kind of an approach. It, 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 everything funnels down to an end result. Uh, starts with a very wide scope, uh, and sometimes a very broad, you know, exploration period, and it, it begins to narrow down. You end, you end up uh, in the areas where those people that you want to meet are, because that you, you've chosen a very specific path. That's that's conscious. You can consciously make that decision and put yourself where you want to be. Yeah, and I like the fact that you know everything, like you said, it's all about doing it. It all narrows down into becoming the better thing every single time. Like this. You know, I can look at this podcasting situation, the interview situation, the things that I do and listen back to one of the first or second interviews that I did and realize that it has become so much better just by doing it. And that's one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize. They always want that instant gratification because what happens is they see the person who was successful. They never saw what it took to get there. And so I think that that's one of those things is honing that skills like you're talking about. Right. You know, I, I'm fascinated by what you do because I, I think, you know, as odd as it is, I'm in the, I've been in the products or consumer products game in my whole life, uh, but not maybe you haven't even become conscious until the last couple, last two years, say, about, you know, I might be in the spirits business or in the alcohol category, but I view myself as a communications business. And so what you do is, is a, uh, it's definitely, uh, by giving to, to your audience, to uh, listening to your audience, uh, you know, you you are creating uh, a future for yourself. To, and again, I, I'm not as familiar with some of the big names categorically, uh, but uh, Joe Rogan, who makes $30 million a year doing what he does, it may, you know, about communicating with people. Uh, and, you know, there's there's examples of that that could take you essentially right there. And, uh, and I, I, the fact that you're in the communications game, uh, creating value, providing a, a, a service that uh, that people can benefit from. I mean, I, I can't see why it, with your, you know, commitment that this is this could be if this is where you want to be. You're you're already there. Just just ratchet your thinking forward. You know, uh, find examples, uh, be compelling, and and you are. Uh, so I said, you're, if that's your choice, you'll be there. You are there. Well, I I really appreciate taking time to be on here. You know, I mean, and and saying that because that means a lot to me. That's really important to know that what I'm doing is actually kind of helping mold that and push that forward. So I really appreciate that. I really I really want to thank you for taking the time to be on here again. I, it was it was really awesome for me to meet you and kind of just see how genuine you are and how humble you are about what you're doing and being willing to kind of share your story with people. Well, it's, it's, it's great getting to know you and having finally got to meet you in person. Uh, I'd like to think that, you know, that we've, we've started down a, a, a path where, you know, we're going to become good friends. And I, I appreciate that. I, I, and that, that's valuable to me. And uh, I, love the, I love the product that you have and what you're doing. It's amazing. Don't, don't ever, you know, stop. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to thank you again for taking the time to be on here. My phone, you know, anytime you want to talk. I'll, I'll, and if it's open on your end, I'm always willing to talk because I think that it's always such a good conversation and just to talk to someone who thinks outside the box and knows that the sky's kind of the limit. I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. Thanks so much, Wes. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Hey, I want to tell everyone, you thanks too. for tuning in. This is going to be the end of the show here. Until next time, I want to challenge you to find the shape of your success.